From the outside, we often lump Norway, Sweden, and Denmark all together as Scandinavia. It's because of their common Viking history and their similar languages. But as we're about to find out, no one spots our fault so easily as our closest neighbors and cousins. We've invited Osa Danielsson from Sweden, Paul Johansson from Norway, and Jena Clausen from Denmark for a little Scandinavian smackdown. Jena, Osa, Paul, thanks for being here. Thank you. Nice to be here. Oh, I love that. I love it. Can I just hear each of you say your names with the proper... Uh, let me hear you in Scandinavian. Say your name and where you're from, please. Um, my name is Jene Clausen. I come from Denmark. I'm from Denmark. Nya Roskilde. Åsa? Åsa Danielsson from Stockholm in Sverige. Paul Johansson from Oslo in Norge. Okay. Now, Åsa, when we think of the word Scandinavia and we think of the word Nordic Europe... What is the difference? It's a geographical difference because the Scandinavian countries are the countries that have to do with the Scandinavian peninsula and the Scandinavian mountain chain, mm-hmm. which goes between Norway and Sweden. And the last little bump is Denmark before it goes into the so continent. So those are the three countries that make those Scandinavia. Those are the three countries, so the only three. What is Nordic Europe then? Nordic Europe includes also Finland, which used to be part of Sweden for many, many centuries, and also Iceland, and uh, sometimes we include the Faroe Islands. Iceland is related linguistically and culturally more closely, but Finland is quite a different story, isn't it? Exactly. Finland is a country that has a language which is not at all related to the other Scandinavian countries, but it shares a history with Sweden. And we share a lot of common traits. Uh, in fact, the second language in Finland officially is Swedish. Exactly. Yeah. Well, they have a Swedish-speaking minority, a very powerful minority. So it's actually it's the country with the strongest minority laws in the world. So of that. Helsinki would be the Finnish word. Is there a Swedish word for Helsinki? Helsingfors. Helsingfors. Mm-hmm. And you say that with a good Swedish accent, I suppose. It sounds just, (laughs) for 10% of the people in Finland, that would be But it would be, if I would say it in the Finnish accent of Swedish, it would be Helsingfors. Helsingfors, okay. Now, Paul, we've talked about the difference between Finnish and the Scandinavian languages. How are the languages of Denmark, Norway, and Sweden distinct, and, and how different are they? Well, you could say that Danish and Norwegian, when you read it, it's very similar. But when it's spoken, mm-hmm. it's quite different. The Danes, we used to say that they speak with a hot potato in their throat. It's like as if they are swallowing the, the words when they're speaking. So, Jena, you're a Dane. Can you show me what Paul is talking about, the Norwegian? Absolutely. I, I think probably the key phrase is a very famous dessert in Denmark, which is called rød grød med fløde. <laughs> and uh, supposedly, during the war, they used rød grød med fløde <laughs> to kind of figure out who was a German spy. If you were able to pronounce that correctly, then you were not a German spy, and vice versa. And now, give it another... Uh, get that uh, hot potato out of your mouth. That's one of those things, yes. In Norwegian, yeah. how would you say that without the hot potato? I see. So, yeah, that's the same, basically the same words. But now, can you read a Danish newspaper if you speak Norwegian? Oh, yeah, no problem at all. No problem. No problem. And if you picked up a newspaper from Stockholm, would it be more different than a newspaper from Denmark? It would be more different. Uh, There are more words that differ from Swedish to Norwegian. Could you basically understand a a Swedish newspaper, no problem? Yes, I can. The interesting thing is that uh, Norwegians, we tend to understand the Swedes better than the Swedes understand us. Linguistically? Yeah. And this is because my generation, especially when we were kids, we watched a lot of Swedish uh, television. Okay. So we kind of learned the Swedish uh, language that way. 
But and however, in Sweden, the influence by Norway was not that big. Now that would make sense because Sweden really is the dominant media power and the dominant population by exactly, numbers. Exactly. Also, when you listen to another Scandinavian, what's a telltale sign just by the language that you can go, oh, that must be a Norwegian? Is there a oh, sort of a... You hear it immediately. By their, their very positive singing, they, you cannot be mistaken. If someone sounds almost ridiculously positive, it's the Norwegian. And we used to uh, make a little bit fun of the Norwegians with the, with the day. We say, you cannot take a Norwegian who is angry seriously. You just can't, because they just sound so happy and cute all the time. <laughs> so give me in your Swedish uh, caricature a Norwegian talking happy. Okay. Yeah, man, det är ju mye deilig att vara här. Nej, det är inte möjligt. Sounds a bit like we're singing, right? Yeah. You know, it's funny you do that, because right now I've got this very strange sensation that I'm in the home of my Norwegian relatives. Mm. That's how they talk. Exactly. It's like, and I remember my dad watched my relatives talking to their children when they were being scolded. Mm -hmm. And my dad just shook his head and goes, that's no way to discipline a child. It sounds like they're complimenting yes. them. You know? <laughs> But it's just that beautiful sing-songiness. Now, Paul, from Norway, Norway and Denmark have a kind of a, a special relationship from a, a history point of view, mm -hmm. and Norway having to establish itself as apart from Denmark. Can you give us a little background on that, please? Well, uh, Norway, they were in, um, in a union with Denmark for uh, 400 years. So, of course, they've had a pretty big influence on our culture. And um, our language comes from the Danish uh, language. Before the Danes came, we spoke the Old Norse language. So for 400 years, could you say that the elites of Norway who were working with the Danish overlords would mm -hmm. speak a language that sounded more comfortable to the Danish ear? They would, exactly. Maybe uh, I can jump in also yeah. and, and just say that basically, that, and this is Jene Clausen for Denmark, that the Danes imposed Danish on the Norwegians. And the Norwegian language, they call it bookmål, which is book language, which basically means that anybody in power in Norway had to speak Danish, but they spoke it with their own Norwegian intonation. And it's just recently in this century after Norway gained their independence that they actually took some of the remnants from their own language from the old dialects and composed a new Norwegian language the called Nynorsk. Yeah. Yes, we did that back in the, in the 19th century as a sort of a part of uh, finding back to our roots. To say we're not part of Denmark anymore and you went back to your more the um, the troublemakers in the hills language yeah, instead of the people in the big city. <laughs> exactly. Now, Jena from Denmark, how can you identify a family name between like Norwegian and Danish and Swedish? So traditionally, before people moved into the cities, you didn't need a last name. You just needed your name, and then they said, son of whoever it was, son of Sven, son of Hans, son of Ole. And then once or daughter. you... daughter. And mm. uh, the only country that still does that is actually Iceland. So Iceland has the daughter, Arne They have the daughter. They even had a president uh, who was, her last name was Finnbokadottir. But in Scandinavia, it wasn't necessary, again, when you lived in an agrarian society, to have a last name. So, again, they had the son, son. And in modern Danish and Norwegian, in general, the last name is S-E-N. Mm. And in, in Swedish, or in the Swedish language, it would be S-O-N. So, also, whenever you see an S-O-N, you figure, oh, that's probably a Swede. And whenever you see an S-E-N in the name, like my name, Clausen, 
then you figure it's a Dane or it's a Norwegian. So if I go to a cemetery in Stockholm, most of the tombstones will have S-O-N on the end of the name. Double S. S-O-N. Yeah, like my name, Danielsson, two S. And then we have another thing in Sweden. When uh, we went from having these, uh, I am the son of, or I am the daughter of, and everyone had to change their last name, a lot of people took the chance to create a new last name. So the model for doing that was actually taking two words that came from nature and putting them together, like uh, Lindberg. Lind means linden tree. Uh-huh. Berg means mountain. Lindberg. So somebody would make, they would go to the city where I need to be more than uh, Jakob or Johan. Yeah. And you would say, I need to make up a last name. I, I could be uh, Johan's son, but I think I'll be Lindenberry. Yeah. Any two words that has to do with nature. Put them together Put them and together. you have a Swedish last name. Jena from Denmark. There's a concept in Denmark that I just love. Uh, you know, hygli, that coziness, that conviviality, that, mm-hmm. that intimacy. Mm-hmm. Is that unique to Denmark, would you say? I think it is unique to Denmark in many ways. It probably originates there, but it's that sense of being content or contentedness. It usually includes, it's very hard to hygge by yourself. You know, you can't really be hygge by yourself. It usually involves other people, and not just other people, but food and drink, and sometimes lots of it. So this is eating, drinking together, enjoying uh, the magic evening hours. The magic uh, evening with a lit candle or candles. And when I go into a small town, I see lit candles behind the windows and I see people having a convivial, cozy time together. Yes. And it's so much more than just cozy. It's this sense of being content and being What is the Danish word again? We say hygge. Hygge. Osa from Sweden and Paul from Norway is that a, a distinction about Denmark, or did they just grab the word first? Are they better at hygge? Well, they they certainly use the word a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's that does mean that they are better at it. But uh, we actually have a, a word uh, that we use in Norway as well. And what is that? And that is uh, kuseli. Kuseli? Yeah. yeah. Or, or kose okay. Which means to have it cozy. To have it cozy? Yeah. yeah. And also in Sweden. In Sweden, okay. mysa, mysa, so you have to cozy your, your to yourself. All right. So we have three versions. But the Danes use that word a lot, hugli. Yeah. And it's a nice thing when you're traveling in Denmark, even in the big city, you notice this hugliness. Michael joins us on the phone right now at 877-333-RICK from Denver, Colorado. Hi, Michael. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, do you have a comment or a question for our guests? Yes, I, I'm half Swedish and I've traveled a lot in uh, Sweden and I also have very good friends in uh, in Norway, so it's sort of a comparison between the two. My wife and I were doing genealogy research in Sweden and we were looking for uh, living relatives. My grandmother came from Sweden to the United States and we had lost uh, contact with the relatives in Sweden. When we found the relatives, my cousin that we met was very warm and outgoing and he took us over to one of the other relatives' house. And when we got there, I don't want to say they were cold, but they were extremely reserved. Uh, we had kind of a nervous half hour or so trying to meet these other Swedish relatives. In Norway, on the other hand, our Norwegian friends are, are very friendly. And we've traveled extensively in Norway all the way 
from Christiansand down in the south to uh, Trondheim in the north. So your experience was the Swedes were not as warm as the Norwegians. And I think to get our take on our guests, I'm first going to ask our Danish friend, Jena. <laughs> <laughs> from a Danish perspective, Michael in Colorado, from the Great Rockies perspective, found the Swedes cold and the Norwegians warm. What's the? I know it's dangerous to make sweeping generalizations. It, it is dangerous, but I, I think that's one of the generalizations that you can probably make. I don't think it's because the Swedes are unfriendly. They just want to kind of see who is this dude from Denver. And they you want know. to get the job done, whereas the Norwegians are going to talk like a kindergarten exactly. teacher. Exactly. I, I, I think, I think probably nice Norwegians and Danes are more likely to to thrust a beer in the guest's hand and, and invite them in for dinner, where the Swedes just want to kind of take a look and see what is this all about. And I remember when the Olympics were in Lillehammer, and it was like three months before the Olympics, and they still weren't finished, and everybody was thinking, when are they going to let the Swedes come in and get this organized? <laughs> so there is that Swedish, you know, industrialness. Also, what is your take on this? Do you have a defense? I do. Sweden is a big country. It's the biggest country in Scandinavia, and we're also the most populous country. We have enormous differences, whether we are talking about a Swede from the north and a Swede from the south or from the east or from the west. If you talk about the Swede from the west coast, from Gothenburg, they're so happy and friendly and inviting. If like you talk about shipwrecked it, Norwegians. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then, then if you talk about the Swede in the north, they're famous for, they don't even use the word ja, which means yes. They use this sound. <laughs> <laughs> that means yes for the northern Swedes. Okay. So you have their, they use very few words and can seem quite reserved. So very, and then, very straight, practical. Yes. And then if people in the, yeah, they're different from all parts. And the Stockholmers in Sweden are famous for being quite reserved. All of the other Swedes are making jokes about the, the Be, Stockholmers being as being reserved. And, well, or the, the Michael. This is from a very, very small town in far western Sweden called Omot Spores near Arvika and northwest of uh, Karlstadt. But I have a more difficult question for you. My Norwegian friend has sort of an affectation where he will, when he talks, in English of course, he will, will pause and have sort of an inhale, where he inhales with his mouth open and it makes kind of a rushing sound. I read the book Culture Shock, Sweden, about Sweden, and it mentioned the same thing. Do you have comments on that? Are you talking about a Norwegian or a Swede? Yeah, I'm talking about the Norwegian. Yeah, Paul, very, what very is good. with this? Because my relatives all do this. <laughs> <gasps> is it, is yeah. it like this? <gasps> yeah, exactly. <gasps> oh, that's a, We do that in Sweden, too. <gasps> it's sort of like an acknowledgement, like a, a very vague acknowledgement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I would this. say it's actually showing that you're listening. Yeah. So if I'm looking at a person, just looking at that person is not enough. You have to acknowledge that you're following them. <gasps> I'm breathless <gasps> listening to every word. Exactly. So to that, be silent would be really slightly rude. That's like I'm with you. And that's exactly. exactly I get in Norway. And hey, Michael, you put your finger on something there. Well, at first we thought it was just a, a personal kind of thing, until I read this book on Sweden where it said that the Swedes do it uh, somewhat also. Yeah. Um, we hear you. <laughs> we're, we're with you here, Michael. Thanks for your call, Michael. Okay, okay, thank you. Take care. Bye now. Thank you. Bye. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're joined by Jena, Osa, and Paul from Denmark, Sweden, and Norway. We're talking about the differences in Scandinavia. And Frank's calling in from Newport Ritchie in Florida. Frank, thanks for your call. 
Hi, Rick. It's uh, great to talk to you and your uh, Scandinavian uh, guides. Yeah. I used to uh, live in uh, Sweden for a while, and one of the things that I found was that uh, I think even in the, the Swedes consider that they are a bit more reserved and much less uh, outgoing than the Norwegians and the Danes, and I just wondered what your uh, panel thought of that. I can give a comment on um, behalf of the Norwegians, because Norwegians as well, they have a reputation for being a bit uh, shy and, and reserved. But I always tell my the tour members I bring to Scandinavia that although the Norwegians might seem a bit shy, engage them, mm-hmm. because they are very curious. And uh, Norwegians also, they like Americans. They're very interested in American culture, and mm-hmm. and we've been under a lot of influence since after the Second World War by, by the U.S. So they're very curious to talking to to Americans, and they're also very proud of talking about their country. Maybe I can also jump in with a comment about if we say that the Norwegians are shy and Swedes might at times be reserved, many people perceive the Danes as being gregarious. And, uh, you know, maybe trying to be um, a little bit better than Norwegians and the Swedes. And a few years ago, there was a survey in Scandinavia about who liked each other the most. And supposedly, uh, the Swedes liked the Danes the most, the Norwegians liked the Danes the most, the Finns liked the Danes the most, the Icelanders liked the Danes the most, and the Danes liked the Danes the most. (laughs) So the Danes are just so darn likable. (laughs) There you go, Frank. Thanks for your call. Well, yeah, it's great. Of course, you know, the Danes are the ones that celebrate our 4th of July, too. They do do celebrate the 4th of July. They do it in the Rabel Hills in, in Jutland. And they usually have a high-profile speaker come from America. It could be uh, once we had Janet Reno, who was of Danish descent, and we usually have you know, other key figures along with a Danish prime minister or ex-prime minister show up. They sing American songs, and they sing Danish songs, and they have a fantastic time. Across the board, a lot of Scandinavians emigrated. Life was tough up there in the 1800s and uh, went to the promised land, the new land. America and found their opportunity. Taksimika, Frank, for calling in. Tak, tak, tak. Tak, tak, tak. <laughs> I like that. Tak, tak, tak. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about Scandinavia with Paul, Osa, and Jena. And we were talking a little bit about jokes between Scandinavians to illustrate the differences. Paul, I know the Norwegians wouldn't be mean-spirited because you're so darn friendly, but are there some fun little jokes that you make about the Danes and the Swedes that illustrate differences that you see between the cultures? Mm-hmm. Well, actually, the Norwegians, they don't do many jokes about the Danes for some reason. But we really like to make jokes about the Swedes. The big brother. The big brother, or the sweet brother, as we call uh, the Swede, actually. Oh, you actually say the Swede brother. Yes, it's we do. Like sweet, big, yeah. sweet brother, sweet sister, as they are so uh, nice and uh, political uh, correct, trying to do everything uh, <laughs> after the, the rules. So uh, what is the joke? I'll take a joke, a Swedish joke. And then Osa will get her chance. Yeah. For sure. I think you heard it before, Rick. So how many Swedes uh, does it take to put in a light bulb? Oh, I can imagine what the answer is. How many? Well, you need at least five. <laughs> you need one to um, hold the bulb and four to go around with a chair. Those brilliant, hardworking Swedes. <laughs> okay, Osa, your chance. Well, the thing is, we have the same kind of jokes but we call them Norge historier. What jokes about Norwegians. Norwegian so we have jokes. the same exact joke. How many Norwegians does it take to do <laughs> light bulb? But okay, I'll give you another one. Why does a Norwegian always have a sandpaper with him when he goes out in the desert? I have no idea. Because they, they're afraid to go there without a map. <laughs> <laughs> 
Touche. That's pretty good. Yena, would you like to jump in with any joke making fun you of you? You know, it's funny. We don't really seem to make too many jokes about the other Scandinavian countries. I think they're all, the jokes are all interchangeable. It, yeah, it just true, kind yeah. of uh, depends on... It's sort of a family. It a, is a family. family it is a back red. family. And, but <laughs> I think the bottom line is that the Scandinavians really like each other. And uh, that's probably why we can tell these jokes without anybody going to war. Going to war. Well, thank goodness. Now, every country in Scandinavia, I believe, has a royal family, all a constitutional monarch. Yes, and oh, they so are family also. How so? They are actually related to each other. Oh, are they? The yes. Scandinavian royals? Yes. So Denmark, they are also Norway, family. And yeah, they are. So now, they know each other and they visit are, each other. And Of course. Well, hmm. what is the position of a king or a queen in the modern age in Scandinavia? It seems sort of antiquated. Well, it is. But it's a way of kind of combining our history and the king or the queen, they literally have no political power at all. They're only figureheads. So they are there to basically cut ribbons and inaugurate things and yeah. uh, wave to the people. But there is also a very different feeling towards uh, between the people and the royalty in the different countries. I would say that in Sweden, we have uh, the least closeness to our royal okay. family. So they have a ceremonial role there, but yes, the support very, for that is getting yeah. more skeptical. So he's now, the one with the, our Swedish king is the one with the least political okay. power of them all. Now, Paul, I, I saw you reacting yeah. to Osa there. Actually, the the Norwegian king, and I believe the Danish queen, they have uh, some powers left. Uh, the Norwegian king has to sign all the laws that are mm-hmm. passed by, by the government, uh, but it has never happened that he didn't sign a law. So his role is really to keep Norway together and, it is. and to be the figurehead, to For, sort of the ceremonial. And when we think of the awkwardness of our president having to be the head of government and also the ceremonial, the guy mm-hmm. at all the, the fancy ceremonies, it would be convenient to have one person that does that and the other person that gets down and dirty in the politics. Yeah, it is. So the, the royals of Scandinavia can stay ideally above the politics. Jena, what about Denmark? It's the same thing in, in Denmark. The figurehead, the queen in this case, does sign the laws. But we also say that the monarchy, the constitutional monarchy, is really a guarantee of democracy because it is the last way they can protest. That is by not signing the law and thereby indicating that there's something wrong. So, so they, they are actually, the voice of the people. They are the voice of the people, supposedly. And if they do not like that law, they could choose not to sign it. But, of course, there would be consequences for them. But also, we say in Denmark, if the queen doesn't like the law, it's because there's something rotten in the state of Denmark. I've heard that one. Now, mm-hmm. has that ever happened? Or the, it has never happened. So no. they have that option. They have that option. And but it's a reminder to the government. It is a reminder. And, of course, there would no longer be a monarchy in Denmark if, if she they didn't sign. There. Yeah. Yeah. And actually in, in Norway, every Friday, the government, they go to the castle and they have a meeting with the king. And then they go through all the different uh, topics and the king comments so on, the king on goes all the laws. Yeah, he does. Oh, that's Every great. Friday, he meets the government. And I know in, in each of the capitals, Oslo, Stockholm, and Copenhagen, the royal palace is uh, actually not so much in Norway. Mm-hmm. In Copenhagen and Stockholm, you can go to the palace and tour it, mm-hmm. and it's quite an exciting tour. And this is also something very something that the royalty in Scandinavia has in common. They're very down to earth, and you can bump into them on the streets. You actually bump into your royal family. In, yes, in I've Stockholm. seen yes all of them. I've seen the uh, crown princes take the second class uh, train, sitting at the seat in the second class train, just as a normal Swede. 
the king as well. You can see him drive to work every day mm. in his car. He doesn't have a driver. He drives himself. Yeah, so we they are very accessible and we, we see them quite a lot. And I, I also bumped into the Norwegian crown prince quite a few times uh, at concerts in Oslo. Yeah. You, know, you just see this guy standing in the back with a beer in his hand. And isn't that the crown prince? Oh, yes, it is. We had the crown sure. princess of Norway in this studio right here. Oh, really? Metemarit. And she was uh, writing a book that was how children can understand royalty. And she was traveling around the United States on a book tour. And she was so charming and Mm -hmm. so approachable. But there was a lot of controversy when when she was to marry the crown prince because she is a a girl of the people. Mm -hmm. She's not of nobility or of... uh, Royalty. So she married into the royal family. She married into the royal family. And she also uh, had a child from a previous marriage. A single mother married the royal prince. Yes. Yes. Those Norwegians. And they met at a music festival in the south of Norway. (laughs) And they talked that way. Tell me again how they would have said, hello, how are you today? (laughs) (laughs) I'm fine. We're all speaking Norwegian here. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been learning about Scandinavia and laughing about how cheery the Norwegians sound. Our guides have been Paul Johansson, Osa Danielson, and Jena Clausen. And I would say in any of these languages, Tusen Tak. Does that work? Yep. It works. Tusen Tak, yeah. A thousand thanks. Det var hyggeligt. Varsågod. Tusen Tak. Each year, Rick Steves tour guides take free-spirited travelers on escorted tours through Scandinavia, the Baltics, and beyond one small group at a time. This year, you can choose from three dozen exciting itineraries covering the best of Europe from Oslo to Istanbul, Paris to St. Petersburg, and practically everywhere in between. For a free catalog and Rick's Tour Experience DVD, visit our tour pages at ricksteves.com.